0: This morning's scripture readings are in reversed order. Uh, we'll hear the New Testament reading first, followed shortly by the Old Testament, upon which is based th- this morning's sermon. So our New Testament reading is from Paul's magnum opus, and it's near the center of it, near the high point of uh, this letter to the Romans in the 13th chapter, beginning verse 11 and continuing through verse 14. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Here ends this reading from God's Holy Word. The Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of the prophet Isaiah. In the second chapter, it's the opening five verses of that book. Again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it was there written. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Here ends this reading from God's Holy Word. Generations and generations before the coming of the Messiah, that great day was foreseen by many prophets whose writings have been preserved in the Old Testament. Our reading this morning from early on in the book of Isaiah speaks to us of that day in terms of what it will mean for the land of the tribe of Judah, for the inhabitants of the city of Jerusalem, for the holy hill of Zion, and also for the Goyim the non-Hebrew nations. There would be in that day a turning of the tables on many fronts. When this divine inspiration came to the son of Amos, it was one in a string of similarly themed messages which the Lord, the God of the Israelites, sent forth to be disseminated amongst a people who were dwelling in a land of darkness. In the era of these prophecies, they had been living beneath the clouds of threats, of conquest, of occupation, and even of exile. And we think we have it rough. But as God's words about the future, beyond that, which they could see in the near term, as that word spread from prophet to people, a seed of hope was being planted in them, hope for a better and a brighter day that was to be ushered in by the anointed one, the one of God's own choosing. And I would suggest to you, my brothers and sisters, that this is the very same theme of this sacred season that we are entering into today as we observe this first Sunday of Advent. On account of the 25th of December falling on a Sunday this year, our observation of Advent begins as early as it can. And I have to think that there's providence in such a calendar, for maybe we are all ready to receive this reminder of hope to come without any further delay because we, like the ancient Hebrews, we find ourselves dwelling in a land of darkness. Well, the storm clouds that are overhead may not be precisely the same ones that were obscuring the light back then, but they still can be troubling to folks today. Each of us are dealing with with the effects of societal ills, of financial ills, of physical ills, of mental ills, of relationship ills, and the list of ills goes on and on. And whatever our individual trials, we're all living beneath a cloud of spiritual ills, just what we talked about in this morning's Sunday school class. So words of hope for a brighter day ahead are most welcome to us in this season of Advent. Advent which takes its name from the hope of the coming of the one who will usher in that new day. The hopes that were being stirred by Isaiah and any number of other prophets whose words were preserved and recounted here in the Hebrew scriptures, were to find their fulfillment in the person and the deeds of God's Messiah, the one who would come to his people and make everything right for them. In four weeks, when we celebrate the birth of Jesus to a couple in Bethlehem, we'll be celebrating the arrival among men of the one who had been chosen to do just that. After many lifetimes of waiting, through seasons of expectation and of despair, the almost too good to be true finally came true. Especially, you may recall, in the years when our servicemen and women were deployed in in large numbers to combat zones in Iraq and Afghanistan, there were many a touching video made of surprise reunions. The families of the soldiers... Marines and airmen knew the generalities of their deployment, roughly where they were headed and sorts of things they'd be doing and approximately when they'd be back. Yet still, when that loved one did come into the airport or through the front door or in the classroom, the family members were surprised by the sudden realization, the fulfillment of the hope they had been clinging to in the days, the weeks, the months they had been apart. And their reactions made for some emotional footage. Though not recorded anywhere on video, I can imagine that the same sorts of reactions took place among some of the folks when they met Jesus and realized that he was the one, the one of whom the prophets foretold this, this can't be, can it? Do my eyes deceive me? Somebody pinch me. I must be dreaming. And it is my prayer for each and every one of you that you have had or that you will have a similar sort of reaction when you too realized or come to realize that the hope of the world has indeed become incarnate and entered into the midst of it. But, preacher, you might say, that's ancient history. Where's that hope this Advent? And that is a very fair question. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if many of Jesus' closest friends, his disciples, had wondered about hope, the day after his crucifixion. How could this have happened? How could he and we have been so wrong? Where will our hope come from now? Now that he's dead and buried, things certainly looked bleak once again. Well, their hope and ours too continues to come from the very same source, one that is even more powerful than the darkest of the powers of darkness. They and we continue to look to and for Jesus, the Messiah, now the risen and reigning Christ, to return in the glorious, brilliant, blinding light that will fully and finally chase away all the clouds from the face of a new heavens and a new earth, and bring eternal peace. The word of the Lord has come, and it has come in the flesh as the word of God. That is the event that we recall and that we celebrate during Advent. And this Advent holds a special place in my heart and that of my family, as we do Mark A decade now of being in ministry to and with you here at Rehoboth. So we recall and celebrate the Advents that we have shared together. The word of the Lord will come and it will come in glory. As the word of God, that is the sure and certain hope we look forward to during Advent And because this Advent holds a special place in my heart and that of my family, we look forward to celebrating this and many other Advents together with you as we live in the paradox of a community of believers in a time of now and not yet. We, that is the world of men, has encountered, has seen, has touched, has walked with, talked with, eaten with, laughed with, cried with. The one who once formed us from the dust of the earth, an earth which he's also made for us to be our home. We have been fed by, taught by, healed by, challenged by, comforted by, raised by, changed by the one who has and who is, even now, making all things new. Out of Zion has gone instruction in Jesus and through his followers. It has gone to Jerusalem and to Judea to Samaria and to the ends of the earth, as was prophesied and as was commissioned. Billions and billions of people have heard the name above all name. They have received the news. They have believed and they have known the wonder-working power of God's Holy Spirit. Untold lives have been changed. In our reading from Paul's letter to the early Christians in Rome, he's writing to tell them what this change of living looks like through the eyes of others who inhabit this same world. What can't be seen is the ways in which the coming of Jesus has fit so many for the life in the age to come. That's the not yet of Advent. But even as we enter into this season that will culminate with our celebration of what has been accomplished through the miracle of the Messiah that began in our world on Christmas, we continue to wait for the words the prophets contained in Holy Scripture tell of an even more perfect heavens and earth, which will one day be brought into being, Yesterday morning, we were staying with a Presbyterian pastor and his extended family outside of Eagle Rock, Virginia. They are in a high valley near the source of the James River. It lays between the Blue Ridge and the Allegheny Mountains. The night was starlit, the morning was cloudless, and when the sun rose over the peaks of Otter, The hills on the other side of the valley were bathed in a golden light. I took some pictures as a reminder to myself. On a morn like that, you might think it just couldn't get any better. Yet, as I was reviewing the sermon manuscript prior to its final printing, before dawn this morning, I happened to look out the window of the manse, To see the sky here over the river, it wasn't gloomy and dark anymore as it had been a few moments earlier. Rather, it looked now almost as if it were on fire. I don't remember the last time that I saw such a color in the palette of the heavens. For a few brief moments, the clouds were lit from below by a source that had not yet appeared above the level of the horizon. Again, I, I rushed to take some pictures, but honestly, they don't come anywhere close to doing that scene justice. It was truly breathtaking. Though it may not have seemed possible, it really did outdo God's handiwork in the mountains yesterday. And that's one of the beauties of Advent, of a time of now and of not yet, the Messiah, the Lord of the nations has come in accord with the promises from of old, and the world, in ways both great and small, has been changed. At the very same time, the dawn that broke on the earth that first Christmas morn will pale by comparison. To the dawn, that in accord with the promises of old, that marvelous light of the Lord that will come, that will brilliantly break on the great getting up morn to complete all our days of waiting. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And for that we may truly say, Thanks be to God. And Amen.